Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Of course, our whole city is, is abuzz right now with everything that's gone on this week. And, and, and of course, we know that relative to eternity and everything we read in the scriptures is that, you know, think, things such as sports are not uh, obviously not significant in, in necessarily in the eternal. Uh, but at the same time, God does care about the little things in our lives, you know, and, and he, he does care to give us, I'm not saying that he put his, I'm not saying he put his, you know, help Solaire hit that home run. That's, that's not what I'm saying, because the implication of that would be, what were we doing the last 26 years, oh God? You know, that would be the implication. So I don't think, I don't think necessarily, you know, it's not like God. But at the same time, I do think God cares uh, if, if we are enjoying life. He loves us. He wants to, us to enjoy life. I mean, and so even something as, you know, re- eternally unimportant as sports and stuff like that, right? Uh, it, it's, it's given kind of us a little bit of a lift this week, and you don't even have to be a sports fan. I mean, uh, uh, our Rebbitson is, is not what you would call a diehard a sports fan. Uh, she, she will watch something sometimes out of just pure pity for me. <laughs> But, but, but you understand, but, but yet even she and, uh, can't help but be excited for, for, for the city and everything. Hundreds of thousands of people were out there, and, and God cares about the little things, and he cares about, and also, I have to say this, I mean, you, you need to know for sure that God does care. I, I think that we, if you, if, you, if you know your scripture, you know that God does care about baseball. I mean, we know that. Obviously, uh, Genesis chapter 1, please, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, you don't need to even turn to it. I'll, I'll tell you, it's the beginning of the Torah. I mean, you can't get more the, than the beginning of God's Word to know uh, that God cares about baseball. So just for a second, my kippah here, uh, it's a different kippah, and uh, <clears throat> I'm just ready to go here for, wow, almost got your guitar, Garrett. That would have been bad. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you can see why. Okay. Who's going who's gonna to pitch me one? Listen, no. I'm going to tell you why there's nothing wrong with this here, because all you got to do is, all Torah experts, any rabbi will tell you, you just go to Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning of the Torah. A lot is, a, lot is a, is a Hebrew scholar, uh, he's Israeli, so he knows these things, uh, is the, the beginning of, of the Torah in Bereshit, Genesis chapter 1, God says, in the big inning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs>
<laughs> Anyone who is still watching? <laughs> Thank you. And Lord, please forgive me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's interesting. If, if, you've been, if you've been following a little bit, of that, that's my old Louisville slugger from when I was a kid, actually. On August 1st, y'all, August 1st, we're gonna, we're gonna, I never have a, any kind of a sports kind of related, but man, I just can't help myself. August 1st of this year, the Braves had 52 wins, 55 losses. Not exactly a, a you know, world conqueror at that point, right? 52 wins, 55 losses. That's not like just like a, a small sample size. That's, that's three quarters, you know, that's two-thirds of the way through the season. More than that, 52 wins, 55 losses. And, and beyond that, the Braves had gone 16 straight postseason appearances without a world title. That means they had been to the playoffs 16 times in a row without having a world championship. That's by far a record, by the way, in baseball. By far a record. Uh, the first day that the Braves ever had a winning record this year was August 6th. The whole season, they had not, I mean, the, the season starts, it started, I think, this year in late March. The first day they actually had even a winning record was on August 6th. Absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 1 says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. Wow, very interesting. It says run with endurance the race. Friends, we have to run with endurance the race that is set before us. Friends, if you want to be a champion, you have to have endurance. You've got to endure. Plenty of fly-by-nights out there. No, 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 no. It's not, you know, short-term stuff. You've got to endure. It's not easy to endure. It's hard to endure. You've heard about this. There's been all these news reports. Braves manager Brian Snitker had many opportunities to quit in his 45 years in the Braves organization before he won the World Series. He was in the Braves, including himself, playing in the minor leagues 45 years with the Braves organization before he won that World Series this week. Unbelievable. He's talking about enduring. I mean, even as a player, Freddie Freeman, right, endured many years of great losses before he got his championship ring. Friends, we have to endure. We have to endure. This is a spiritual metaphor given to us right there in Scripture. This is not coming up by, with Rabbi Kevin. Uh, we read in the book of Hebrews that, that, that God, through his, through, his, uh, uh, through his Scripture, is giving us a race as a metaphor. This is, this is a sporting event, a race, as, as a metaphor for our spiritual journey. And he says, you have to endure. Friends, we've got to endure. It's not easy to endure when there's so many things that get in our ways. What does it also say? It says, first of all, it says you have to run the race, Right? It's with this race, let us run. You have to run the race. You've got to run the race. You've got to get in the spiritual game to start with. 
There are plenty of people who don't even want to get in the spiritual game. They're not even running the race. Too many people just stay on the sidelines. They don't want to get in the game, right? That's, you know what that is? Here you go. That's milk toast. <laughs> that's milk toast. You know, that's, that's nothing that's going to feed you long term. Listen, don't stay on the sidelines. If you've not committed your life to God, I want to speak to you, maybe watching randomly online, saw a rabbi with a baseball bat in his hand and said, wow, what's that? <laughs> if you've not committed your life to God, do so today. Do so today. Get off the sidelines. Maybe you've heard about God for all your life, but, but you've never really put much thought into it, never given your life to him. Get off the sidelines Yes, you have to endure, but the first step is you got to actually get in the race. You first, first thing you got to do is getting, I'm talking about the spiritual race that we're in. You got to get into this spiritual race. You got to get in the game. And, and even those of us who are following the Lord, we've got to get in the game spiritually and not just let the game pass us by and just kind of wave, oh, look at the people in the game. Well, they're all in the game. And I'm not talking about full-time ministry, people in ministry. Well, aren't we special? <laughs> no, all of us, y'all. It doesn't matter if you're in full-time ministry or not. We're all ministers for God. You understand? We're all people called to, to, to reach out to others, to love other people. All of us are called to be in the game. We're all supposed to be playing in the, on, the, on the same team here, everybody. But it also says, right, in verse 1, that we have to get rid of every weight and entangling sin. That's what, one of the things we have to do in order to endure in the race. I think of it as, when I hear that, being entangled and weighed down with sin, I think of it as trying to run a race with a ball and chain attached to you. Now, can you imagine one of these marathoners, you know, running, you know how they run? It doesn't look like they're running that fast, but marathoners are actually running much quicker than you or I could run. It's unbelievable. Imagine they're running. But, 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 oh, wow, look at, look at the, I don't know where they, the, the, the marathoners who are the, but look at, look at the marathoner, and he's got a ball and chain attached to him. Wow, that's really going to slow him down a little bit. My goodness. That, that's what we're reading here, what it's like when we have sin that entangles us. It's like trying to to run a race with a ball and chain uh, uh, along with us. Sin weighs you down. Sin weighs you down. Or, or, or like a, a net, because it says the sin that entangles you, right? I almost think of it as like a net. You know, if, somebody, if you were trying to run a race or if you're trying to run around the bases at, at Truist Park and, and, and somebody throws a net, like a full-size net over you that it kind of entangles you, what are you going to do? You're going to trip and fall. You're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to look kind of... <laughs> foolish. And you're certainly not going to win the race. Not if you're trying to fight this net all the time that, that, that will trip you up. That's what sin is. We're reading here that that sin entangles us and does not allow us to win the race with endurance. Sin weighs you down. Do you want joy in your life? Do you want joy in your life? Somebody say amen. See, I know you do. Do you want peace in your life? You need to get rid of that which entangles you if you want these things in your life. We're fighting so much in the world today, everybody. This, this, this week here with winning the, the world championship, I think for, for people in our city, it's just kind of been like a uh, breath, you know, and as, as long as you don't cough and freak out everybody around you. 
<laughs> you got you to get rid of that which entangles you. You have to release the anger. Release the manipulation. Release the pride. Release the unforgiveness. Release the jealousy. Release the fear. I'm speaking to some of you specifically. I believe in the spirit. When I was writing these things, I, I, I felt the strong leading of the, of the Ruach that, that, that these were specific for people, different people, different things. Hear the words of the Lord. You can't be a champion if you're weighed down by all this stuff. You can't. Let's, let's go back to verse 1 now, and let's read and continue to read what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We'll continue. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. Verse 2, focusing on Yeshua, the initiator and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. Wow, what a powerful word right there. Friends, we have to be laser... It's a very bad laser sound. I did the message at uh, time travel last week. <laughs> you can look that up. I, I may have better sound effects. We have to be laser-focused on Yeshua. Do you hear me, friends? This is about Yeshua. This is about the Messiah. We have to be laser pinpoint focused on Messiah Yeshua. Yeshua is the key. Why is this passage in the word? Because we read that we need to focus on Yeshua since he endured such persecution. He endured all this stuff, y'all. We remember all that he endured. And if we do so, we will be encouraged and not grow weary and lose heart. It's really easy to, 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 to lose heart, but we remember, wow, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that I'm going through, you know, everything with the pandemic, all the other stuff, we remember, man, Yeshua endured so much for us. Remember that, and that will encourage you. It will encourage you because it's, it's so easy to lose heart. It, why is this in here, friends? Because it's easy for all of us. It's easy to lose heart. Let's face it, after 16 straight Braves postseason losses in a row, after Trey Young hurt his ankle landing on a referee's foot, after the Falcons, <laughs> 28 3. Uh, it's so, it's so easy to grow weary and lose hearts. Oh, my gosh. It's so easy to grow weary, right, Bob, and lose heart. It's just so easy. We all felt it. I remember it wasn't until actually the ninth inning. I mean, we were watching there from home, and, and in the ninth inning, when it was 7 nothing, I finally uttered the words, maybe, maybe we might not actually choke this one. <laughs> it was like the, the ninth inning of winning seven, nothing. I mean, it was like, 
That, that's amazing, you know? It's just so easy to lose heart and to grow weary in your life. It's so easy. This is metaphoric, y'all. A relationship, the pandemic, your job, your health, your hope, your hopes. We can't give up. We'll never become a champion unless we persevere. Remember all that Yeshua did for us. That'll encourage us, right? June, it really will. And don't forget that the odds may be strongly against you. The odds may be stacked against you. Big time. Now, as a disclaimer... I, I hereby tell you, I've never bet on sports before, okay? So this is not because I'm an expert in the field, but I read an article that said at one point this season, the Braves were so unlikely to be world champions that a $1,000 wager on them would have returned $50,000 during the season, like, like around midway through the season. Betting $1,000 on them would have won you $50,000. And, and in the playoffs, as you know, we were underdogs to the Brewers, to the Dodgers, 106 wins, and the Astros. First, I read there were the first, Braves are the first team to beat three teams without 95 or more wins ever in a postseason. Yet we won each series against the powerhouses to become champions even though we, we had won in the regular season 88 games. We, we had the least wins of any team in the playoffs going into it out of 10. It was not, we were, we were never favored any time. At any point were we favored. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. You can't look at the odds. You, you can't believe the odds. Don't be discouraged by the odds. Because if God intends for it to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Olivia, you got to trust in the Lord, right? We have to trust in the Lord because He has all of our answers. He knows what's going to be happening here, and we just got to trust in Him. Now look at the situation. Here's somebody who didn't look at the situation. 1 Samuel 17, verse 43. You know this story. Then the Philistines said to David, am I a dog? Talking about Goliath, of course. Said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me so that I may give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Ooh. Mm. <laughs> you know, here, here's what it's like then, then David said to the Philistine this. <laughs> he said, you're coming to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I am coming to you in the name of Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts, God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day, Adonai will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and take your head off you, and I will give you the carcasses 
the carcasses of the Philistine camp today, to the birds of the sky, to the wild beasts of the earth. Then all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And so all this assembly will know that Adonai delivers not with sword and spear, for the battle belongs to Adonai, and he will give you into our hands. <laughs> That's exactly what David did right there. Little fella David, my gosh, don't be intimidated by your adversary. Your adversary may seem huge, like Goliath was to little David. David was a little guy. He was a little guy. Wow, what bold and courageous words. You know, you, you can imagine somebody saying like that if they, if they happen to get a lucky shot and they kill the guy, and then they were like, yeah, I, I knew all along. This was before. This is when he was getting ready to fight that dude. He said these things. Unbelievable. See, again, this is something that we need to digest a little bit of in our own lives regarding situations and the odds that are stacked against you in that way. Little David defeated Goliath. You know, the, the, the Braves all-star second baseman, Ozzy Albies, is five foot eight, 165 pounds. Five foot eight. Ozzy Albies, and he's an all-star for us, our second baseman. He had 30 home runs this season. 30 home runs. 30 home runs is what the, the big power hitters hit. 30 home runs is the huge dudes that come up, you know, like the, the Aaron Judges and, the, uh, and some of these other guys that come up and they look like they're like a tower, like a, like a building coming up and the bat looks like a toothpick in their hand. You know, and they come and throw me the pitch, fee-fi-fo-fum, throw me, you know, it's like, whoa, man. No, Ozzy Alves makes me look very, very, very tall. I mean, I am six foot, but man, in baseball standards, five foot eight, 165 pounds soaking wet, 30 home runs. This is what our, our second baseman did. He is amazing. It doesn't matter what you are up against. Goliath was coming against David, but he was coming up against more than David. He was coming up against God himself. 2 Kings chapter 6. You have to remember this. 2 Kings chapter 6. So interesting. See, this can be instructive and helpful for us. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read about the king of Aram. The king of Aram was warring against Israel. And they were amassing their troops all against us. And, and the odds were, whew, man, <laughs> Strongly against us. The odds were hardcore a lot against us. Man, they had so many horses and chariots, and they were surrounding us. They were surrounding us. And Elisha, the prophet, knew something, though, that others did not. Elisha was around then, and he was speaking for the Lord. And at one point, Elisha's attendant was afraid of the enemy. So Elisha's attendant comes out of the tent and looks and sees the massive armies and the horses. And he sees everything all surrounding them and the surrounding the city. And he was freaked out. Man, he tripped. He was like, what? We are in deep trouble. That's, that's a, we'll see exactly what he says. But then Elisha, though, hmm, verse 15, 
Now, when the attendant of the man of God, being Elisha, when the attendant had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was surrounding the city. So his attendant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? Wow. Man, this is intense. Verse 16. Fear not, he replied. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What? Then Elisha prayed and said, Adonai, please open his eyes that he may see. Then Adonai opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Ooh, boy, I get chills when I, when I read that. I get chills when I read that. Whoa, that is awesome. Open his eyes. Man, that's probably one of those things I'd like to see on DVD in heaven also. That moment. I want to see that attendance, that, that dude's reaction. <laughs> Can you imagine? I got to think that he was probably, whoa, whoa. I got to think he stepped back. He either stepped back or fell to his face, one of the two. Can you imagine Elisha too? I mean, because if... if Man, Elisha saw this stuff, man. Elisha was a heavy hitter. I gave a message on Elisha a few months ago. He knew, he said, Lord, open his eyes. And what is this? These were angelic, the angelic host. The angelic host was surrounding. It's like the, the, the armies of Aram were nothing compared to the, this angelic host, these angels and the chariots of fire that were all around. His spiritual eyes, you know, it's like almost he blinked and he opened it up and he saw it. God, he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Then he saw, he saw all, oh man, no, we're not in trouble. They're in trouble. <laughs> what, what a change of perspective. This is, this is reality. You see, this is more real than what we see. This is more real than what you see. It's more real than what you see. This story is more real. It's the full real, if you will. We see only partially but this was, this was the full picture. Whoa. There are very credible reports. I've heard them. There are very credible reports from the 1973 Yom Kippur War when the stronger Syrian force and the Golan stopped when they saw angels on the other side, some angelic beings. You can look this up. This was, this was reported. They captured, this is documented. They, they captured a Syrian commander and they said, why did you stop? You had out, us outnumbered hugely. Why did your tanks just stop? There, there, there was like nothing in your way. And he was like, no, 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 there was. I, I ain't going there. Because he could see, the, and, and, and there, were, there were spiritual beings there. And they stopped. This is, this is very, just like the story, really. Elisha's assistant didn't even know that the angels were protecting him. You see, this is how often it is true with us as well. We don't even realize. See, see it's important because we're kind of like Elisha's assistant. <laughs> I wish I could say we were more like Elisha. And sometimes, please God, you know, we're inspired by Elisha. And, but, but oftentimes we're like Elisha's assistant where we can't see it. But it doesn't mean it's not there. And they're not there. 
wow, I mean, even within this place now, there are, there are angels around us. We don't know, but they're here. Trust me, they're here. Wow. Pretty powerful to, to consider and to think about. That changes the odds, though, doesn't it? That, and that should change our perspective on the odds also. See, even if you're David fighting Goliath or Elisha, <laughs> even, if you're five, even if you're five foot eight, Ozzy Albies, I mean, Ozzy Albies had six foot four Jorge Soler and five, uh, six foot five Freddie Freeman fighting with him. <laughs> he, he, had some, he had some big dudes fighting with him too. You know, here was five foot eight Ozzy Albies. I don't think anybody's going to want to try to mess with him too much. You know, if, if, if Freddie Freeman, he's six foot five. You can't tell on TV. The guy's big dude. Freddie Freeman comes with his back. Freddie's such a nice guy. You know, he's such a nice guy. But you wouldn't want to mess with him. <laughs> you wouldn't want And Jorge Soler, the guy who hit the home run, the MVP of the world, six foot four. These are big, big guys. They come with a bat. You know what? You know, Ozzy could probably walk pretty confidently if he's got them behind him. I, I bet he hadn't got too much fear. Five foot eight or not. No, no. You see? You see how, that's, how that works? And beyond this, the, the, beyond this, the four outfield reinforcements were coming soon. Friends, if God is for you, who can be against you? The battle belongs to the Lord. He'll send help if needed. He'll send help if needed. You're not alone. Do you hear me? You're not alone. Do you hear me? You're not alone. Some of you have felt alone in this journey, in particularly the last couple of years, but not just. Sometimes it might be pandemic related. It might not be. It has nothing to do with the pandemic at all, but you just feel alone sometimes. God is with you. He will not abandon you. I don't care if your mom and your dad, your husband, your wife, your best friend. I don't even care if your dog leaves you. <laughs> now, I got to admit, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> but, but even if your dog leaves you, I'm just saying, God will never forsake you. Never forsake you. Wow, you are not alone. So don't be discouraged or depressed. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And remember this. At the end of the day, we are fighting for something of much greater significance than a baseball playoff. Our eternity is literally at stake and the eternity of others is literally at stake in this, in this conflict. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Rabbi Shaul telling one of his protégés, verse 6. Rabbi Shaul, Paul, the Shaliach, says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to everyone who has longed for his appearing. See, this is the key to becoming a champion. A champion 
finishes. A champion wins. We have to fight the good fight. We have to finish the race. Friends, it's easy to give up. It's easy to start strong only to fade. A lot of people start strong and then fade. I'm, I always chuckle at the fans who race the freeze at the Braves games. You've seen this on TV. You don't have to be a baseball fan. You've probably seen this. If not, you can YouTube it later. But, but, but the, it's, it's, it's just a regular person like you and me. Sometimes, well, oftentimes much more athletic than me. But still, okay, it's, it's a regular person. And they have them on the outfield track of the Braves Stadium in the outfield uh, warning track there. And, and they're running against this guy. They call him the freeze in this blue outfit. And, and he's a track guy. You can tell. He's got a full outfit on. But he's a track star for sure. And they let the guy, they say, ready and go. And it's a race from one side of the outfield to the other side of the outfield. And, and, the, and they give the regular person a head start. Somebody like David, you know, strong. And, and running myself, it doesn't matter. They run and they, they give him such a huge head start. I mean, it's like one third of the outfield. But, but, but the trick to it is that always, and if you watch this, there, there is a strategy to it. <laughs> <laughs> the people who go out, I always say, I watch them, okay, and go, and they give the, the regular human being a, a head start, and inevitably, that person just goes way too fast, hard out to start, and they're just going, yeah, yeah, and they're just absolutely just giving it everything they got the first third of the, of the outfield, and that's only, only then does the freeze start, and, but by that time, the regular person is exhausted, and so you can see, man, they start out lightning fast, but by the time they get to the middle of the outfield, they're, they're, they're sucking wind, you know, because <laughs> they don't normally do this, right? And, and their tempo goes from just a lightning bolt to just like, you know, and there comes the freeze, you know, just with these beautiful long strides. It's just amazing, right? And inevitably, almost all the time, the freeze catches the person at the finish line. Sometimes the person will wipe out, really. <laughs> see, see, friends, we've got to endure till the end. You can't start strong and then not finish well. No, friends, it takes a consistent walk. We have to have some consistency, which goes back to my message a few weeks ago called Steady Eddie. We have to finish strong too. Freddie Freeman this season had an abysmal opening month. I mean, as long as we've ever seen Freddie Freeman, he's never had as bad a month as he did in April, the first month of the season, really in most of May too. I mean, it was it was really bad. I'm not talking about by Freddie Freeman's standards. Remember, he was the MVP of baseball last year. Not just by his standards were they bad. I'm talking about if, if you keep that up throughout a whole year, most people wouldn't stay in the major leagues. It was that bad the first month of the season. And everybody was like, wow, what's up with Freddie Freeman? But how did Freddie Freeman finish? Well, he finished the season with a 300 average for the season, which is, you know, consistently do that, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. Not only that, but he has a ring, World Series champion. 
hit two home runs in the World Series, including in the clinching game. I mean, he finished strong. <laughs> There's no doubt about that, about Freddie Freeman, our MVP, right? We can't get too down when we lose a game or have a bad at bat. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have some bad at bats. Do you hear that? You're not going to win every game. Sometimes you're going to miss it. Sometimes the balls won't come and you're going to strike out. Strike three. Struck out so much in the first month. But you know, if you get up and you say, you know what? I can't believe I struck out again. I struck out again. I give up. Throws down the, I give up. I don't care. I'm making 23 million. I'm give up. No, you're not going to say that. No. <laughs> but the point is, you know, you know what I'm saying? We all feel like giving up at times, especially if things don't go our way. Freddie Freeman didn't give up. We can't give up. You're going to have some bad at bats. You're going to have some bad games. You're going to go on a losing streak here and there, but you have to get back up again. Do you hear this? If you've, ever, if you've ever spiritually messed up or not been your best, dust yourself off and get ready for that next at bat. They say in baseball that if you do poorly or a pitcher has a bad pitching performance, what do they say? Daniel knows this. He loves baseball. They say he needs to have a short memory. Get back up on that mound. Don't worry about that. That was gone. That was yesterday. Throw, throw, you know, mow them down. This is what you got to do. The same is true for us in life spiritually. We got to get back up again, get ready for that next at bat. So friends, a very small miracle happened <laughs> in the Brazer champions. I'm really thrilled. I love it. Love the team. It's fun with my son and all. We, we just watch it all the time and enjoy it. I don't have time to watch all the. I don't have time to watch the games, so we'll record them, and then usually my son and I will watch them on fast forward. So it's like people are. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is going to be really bad on a uh, mix. Um, <laughs> that could be a meme almost. I think actually. In any case, I'm thrilled. We had a good time this season. It was a lot of fun. But let this example encourage you to fight the good fight spiritually. The principles of trying to win have some similarities. You have to get rid of the sin that entangles you. You have to get in the spiritual game. You have to have endurance. You have to focus on Yeshua. We must not grow weary or lose heart. Even if you're up against long odds, we must remember that God is with us even when you don't see Him. You can't let a slump get you down long term. You must finish the race and not give up. If we do these things, we will be a part of our own parade one day.
and God will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. The title of my message is Champion. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to today, get in the game. If that's you, and you've never said a prayer to give your life to God, but you want to today, raise your hand. We'll pray together if that's you. Raise your hand. Be honest about it. Say, yeah, I want to get in the game. I'm ready. I want to get in the game. I know I need to get in the game. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And maybe that's you. Uh, if you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, repeat this simple prayer after me and the Lord will touch you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Oh, thank you, God. Please forgive me of my sins. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Whew. The Lord changes you when we receive his atonement. And, and commit our lives to God. Ooh, there's something that changes. On the inside, it's almost like when Elisha and his assistants saw all those horses and chariots of fire. It's kind of like that, even if we don't physically see it. Spiritually, we know that that's what's going on. Now, and it, for, the, for all the rest of us here and watching online, listening via the podcast, I want to pray for all of us too because there are so many elements to this. As I was reflecting and just celebrating this week on the, on the Braves World Championship and how fun it was and how exciting it was, it struck me all the parallels metaphorically with our spiritual walk, right? And so I just want to pray for us that, that, that we will take these things to heart. And I pray that some of these things spoke to you personally in your life in one area or another. Don't let it be dross and just kind of fall down to the floor. Pick it up and make a change. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each person here, Lord, that you'll touch each of us, God, and watching. Lord, I, I pray, God, that we will, Lord, endure, that we will endure, that we will get in the game, that we will endure, Lord, that we won't look at the odds that are stacked against us, Lord, because Lord, you're with us whether we can see you or not. Lord, and let us finish this race. Lord, help us to finish the race. I don't even mean necessarily, oh, you know, somebody 95 years old. No, no, no. I, I mean at every point in our lives, and every point in our journey, whatever this chapter is, whatever this season is, let us, let us finish it strongly and let us, let us move, move strongly and let us take hold of that which is before us as we press on with endurance, not giving up, not cutting it short, but knowing how and where it is that you've called us, Lord, that we will press in even more. Oh, many of you have come so far. He wants you to keep, keep going with him. Mm, don't be discouraged. Don't be depressed. Don't fear. Thank you, Lord, for this. Lord, we bless you. What a great time. What a great Shabbat. And God, if we could say so from, from, your, from your followers down here in, in the southeast, uh, 
Thank you for allowing a very tiny miracle and the Braves to win the World Series, Lord. That was, that was a lot of fun. We really are grateful for just being able to enjoy life. What a delight it is. You love us. Thank you, God, for all these things. We ask in B'Shem Yeshua, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.